Now tonight, Song of Songs, we're only gonna consider one verse. It's chapter two, verse seven. It says this. This is the Shulamite, the woman she's speaking. She says, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field. Like, so it was random. You're like, all right. Charge you by the gazelles and the does of the field. Say that next time. Like next time you're like really encouraging somebody to do something, like you can do it. I charge you by the gazelles and the does of the field. Like, say it. See what happens. I don't know. Um, And then here's her statement. She says, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. I'm going to read that again. Do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. Now, this verse is repeated three times in this book. It is a huge theme in the Song of Solomon. It's repeated, or it's here in 2.7, it's repeated again in 3.5, and it's repeated again in 8.4. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight. My message title, the topic, is Don't Awaken Love All at Once. I also realized that I never gave any of my points, so they're not on the screen. I'm so sorry. What a fail. That's okay. Um, <laughs> It's on the Bible app, so if you're like, I need to see it, it's on the Bible app. You can follow along there, okay? And I'm going to make it abundantly clear so you can write down my points and probably preach it better than me afterwards. Sound good? All right, message title, Don't Awaken Love All at Once. Now, there are in relationships stages to relationships, If you introduce things into a relationship or move too quickly in a direction, it can corrupt and confuse a relationship. If you introduce things into a relationship or move too quickly in a direction, it can corrupt or spoil and confuse that relationship. Think of it like opening a present, right? It's your birthday. Your grandma gets you a birthday present. You see it. It's big. There's a box. There's a bow tie. On top of said present, there's a card. And any normal human being would know, you start with the card. You start with the card, you open it up, you go like, aw. And everybody else stands there awkwardly while you, uh, one time, it was kind of a weird experience. My wife and I were over at my neighbor's house, who we're getting to know, we don't know that well. Um, And it was somebody's birthday, I can't remember who. And they all passed around the card after they read it. I don't know if your family does this, it, it was very interesting. I'm like, I don't need to know those details. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you read the card. You keep it private. You open the card first. If there's a gift card or if there's money, you slip that in your pocket. You make sure that you check all of those spaces. Okay, there's cash. Got it. Then from there, you unwrap the bow tie. You open up the present. Then if it's in a box, you open up that box, and then you have the gift that is inside. Right? But there are stages to opening a present. There's direction. There's order to some extent. Okay, Relationships are no different. There are stages to love and should not be open all at once. So with the idea of don't awaken love, we're going to answer four questions tonight. The four questions are this. Why? How? When and what? All right, those are the four questions. Why, how, when, and what? Point number one, why not awaken love? Because that's what it says, right? Do not awaken love. 
Don't awaken love. Now it says, until it pleases. Or another translation says, until the time is right. But the first part is that there is a time that it is wrong to awaken love, right? If the statement is, don't awaken love until the right moment, then we have to assume that there is a wrong moment to open love or awaken love. So why not awaken love? Well, primarily because love is a powerful thing. And like all powerful things, there are instructions and warnings. This week, I've been going to town in my backyard with a chainsaw. Like absolutely berserk with a chainsaw. See, our back property line that's shared with our neighbors, uh, a bunch of the trees are dead. And so we've got to clear them all out. We're going to get a fence put in there. And so... I have to get my chainsaw and clear out all of those dead trees and bushes and plants and everything back there. And let me tell you, it is such a joyous occasion. Like I love, like I'm getting home from work. I'm going in the backyard with my chainsaw. I've got my AirPods in. My music is going and I am just going absolutely berserk on these trees back there. But let me tell you that with a chainsaw comes instructions. You can't just willy-nilly use a chainsaw. You have to understand what you're getting into, and you have to understand how to start it. There's all of these fail-safes and things that have to be clicked on and engaged and turned off so that the chainsaw will start and that you can use it. Why? Because it's powerful, and because it's powerful, it's also dangerous. And love is the same thing. Love is powerful. Love has the opportunity to change your whole life, but because of that, it is dangerous. And so there are warnings and guidelines and direction as it relates to love. Love is really good, but if you handle it incorrectly, it can cause a lot of damage. Moving too quickly or ignoring, ignoring, ignoring the warnings and the guidelines the Bible gives us can damage us and our relationships. The Bible gives us direction about relationships. And if we ignore those things, if we move too quickly, if we do things the way, the, Bible, the way the Bible says not to do things, or if we ignore the things the Bible says to do, it can quickly damage us and our relationships. And the Bible gives us practices and behaviors that are designed for being single, for dating, and for marriage. And there are things that are blessed by the Bible, and there are things that are off limits. Now, let me just say this. God both invented relationships and he has given us instructions on relationships, right? The guy that invented the chainsaw gets to decide how that chainsaw is going to work, right? He invented it. So God, who invented relationships, also gets to direct us and instruct us on how relationships should work. And so God, in his word, tells us very clearly, hey, single person, this is how you should behave. Hey, person dating, this is how you should behave. Hey, married person, this is how you should behave. All of which, both to protect you, to protect the people involved, and ultimately to prepare you and use you for the call that God has on your life. Because relationships can either enhance the call of God on your life or it can disrupt and derail the call of God on your life. A bad relationship, let me tell you, I've seen it happen over and over and over again in youth group, in friendships, where a bad relationship ruins a calling. Bad relationship 
ruins a calling. And what we want is to find relationships that enhance and help us walk in the plans and purposes of God, not derail what God has for us. So why not awaken love? Because it's powerful, and if we use it wrong, it can ruin what God has for us. So he says, hey, don't awaken love. Second question is how? How do we not awaken love? Because love, at least in our context and culture, is a feeling, right? I mean, we summarize love, at least for the most part, based upon how we feel. And so some of us have experienced what we might call love. Others of us have not. Um, Other of us have and don't even realize it. Because love, although we ascribe it to be just a feeling, it's not just a feeling. Love is so much more than feeling. Love is action, love is decision, love is choices, love is intention, love is all of these things. Um, But love is something that's very powerful that can be awakened in us, and it's very easy to describe love simply as feelings. And, like, you ever heard the phrase, like, I caught feelings? Well, like, some of us, that's all we understand about love And so when there's a verse that says, like, don't awaken love, um, sort of like the old school version of caught feelings is I fell in love. And falling in love is almost like it happened by accident, right? Like you're just minding your own business. You're walking along the sidewalk. And all of a sudden there was a hole and you fell into it and it was love. Like I didn't see it. And whoop, there I go. I'm in love. And so when there's a verse that says, don't awaken love, one of the things that we think is that love is something you fall into or you catch, and so how do you avoid it? It just happens to us. We don't have control over who we love or how we love or when we love. But that's not at all what love is, because love isn't just a feeling. Love is so much more than that. And so when the Bible says, don't awaken love, it means that there are actually practices that we can put in place that will prevent us from opening something too quickly, that will keep us from falling into the wrong type of love or catching feelings for the wrong person. So how do we, how do we not awaken love? Now, let's say you're in a relationship, you like someone, they like you, you're a couple. Maybe you have strong feelings for each other. Are your feelings wrong? What if we told each other we love each other? Is that wrong? How do we not feel the way that we feel if we already feel that way? Right? (laughs) So, the point of this verse is not to not awaken love ever. The point is to do it at the right time. So there are practices that are going to keep you from opening love too quickly and in the wrong context. And there are practices that can cause you to awaken aspects of love that aren't supposed to happen yet. So let's talk about how. Number one, don't get physically involved. How do you not awaken love until the right time? Do not get physically involved. Now I'm saying a big statement here. Like when we say physically involved with a wide age range and from different experiences, our mind goes to all sorts of different places. So let me be blunt for a moment and then I'll kind of clarify. There are aspects that are 100% off limits prior to marriage. And there are aspects of relationship, physical in relationship, that are 100% off limits once you are married. Okay, there's aspects that are 
off limits before you're married. So in that context, it's no sex. The Bible makes that very clear. Um, then there's aspects for uh, relationships once you are married that are 100% off limits. That's sex with your spouse. Everybody else, off limits. Okay? So the Bible makes it very clear. So that is the, the like, okay, so that is the hard line. Okay? <laughs> hard line. Bible makes it abundantly clear. But then what about other things? Like I made a big statement. Don't get physically involved. So if that's the hard line, and most of us, because we're sinners, we think, okay, that's the hard line. Um, how close to the line can I get before I cross that line? So what about, like, hand-holding? What about, what about hugging? What about kissing? What about... So... So there's, there's the line, and then at what point is, are, we, are we crossing the line? Now, let me just say, the Bible isn't clear about stuff like that. The Bible gives us the hard line, right? The Bible says, for unmarried, no sex. For married, sex with your spouse. Like, it gives us that hard line. But then, but then from that, the Bible doesn't say, like, okay, don't, don't hold hands with people. Like, no PDA whatsoever, like, the Bible doesn't talk about that. It doesn't say that. Um, so what, how do we know? Because these are things that we're navigating. Like, for some of you, you're, you're, not just, you're not asking the question because you want to get to the line but not technically cross it. You're asking those questions because you're, you're sincere. Like, I want to do what honors God. So where is that line? How do I know if I've, I've gone too far? Let me say it like this. Anything that leads you to an inappropriate behavior or thoughts you should stay away from. I'm going to say that again because I think this is a, a big, big part. Anything that leads you to inappropriate behavior and thoughts is too far. Without getting too crass or anything like that, there are actions that, with the intentions that lead to the bedroom. right? Those are, those are the actions and the intentions. So stay away from actions and intentions that lead you in that direction, okay? So, so we need to understand that actions that can lead you in the bedroom in real life or in your imagination are things we want to stay away from because all of those things, there is a, like I said, like the chainsaw, it's powerful. It is both powerful in a good way and it's powerful in a bad way. And so don't Get physically involved because what it does, physical relationships awaken aspects of love that are not supposed to be awakened yet. It does. It just, it just does. It's like microwaves. It heats things up really fast. So there's things that we don't want to. Okay, second thing. You guys still with me? Yeah. You guys are like, oh, it's so hot in here. Okay, second thing. Don't get, to not awaken to love, don't get emotionally dependent. Don't get emotionally dependent. A way that we can awaken love too soon is not just being physically involved, but too emotionally involved. Let me say it very clearly. People cannot solve all of your problems or meet all of your needs. Only Jesus can. 
And so if you're looking for a person to meet your emotional needs, to always be there for you, to never let you down, you are not looking for a person on planet Earth right now. You're looking for a person that lived 2,000 years ago that died on a cross for your sins and rose again and has ascended at the right hand of the Father. That's who you're looking for. And so if you are looking for all of your emotional support needs to be met by a person, it's never going to happen. But there's a tendency, there's a tendency for us to get too dependent upon people thinking that they're going to solve our needs or meet our needs or solve our problems. And we get disappointed, we get let down. And then, like that word I said, we get dependent. Shouldn't be dependent. And so with that, I would say, just to help this like, make sense and be practical, there are things that we should share and shouldn't share when we're in a dating relationship. There's just things that should be reserved for um, godly counselors, like your small group leaders, um, godly friends that can encourage you in the right direction. There are some things that should just be kept, and I'm not saying hidden, I'm not saying hidden, but there's things that as you open up to people that should be kept and reserved for, listen, your husband or your wife. And sometimes we get, we get too like, oh my gosh, I just want to express that I really like you. And so we share everything about ourselves. Well, that person might not be the person you spend the rest of your life with. And some things, both physically and emotionally, are reserved for your spouse. And so you should treat every person until they're your spouse like they're somebody else's spouse. Because the person you're dating right now might be married to somebody else when they grow up. And so when you, when you have that relationship, not to like, I'm not trying to dismiss your guys' relationships. I think they matter, and I think God has a plan in it. And if you do it the right way, it's honoring God, and you can do it well. But there is also reality that some of you are 15, and it probably or won't be the person you're going to marry. And so we just recognize that and walk through it in a way that we don't get too emotionally dependent. So we do that by both of these things, by not getting emotionally dependent and how we don't get physically involved. By third thing, by setting up boundaries. In your relationships, set up boundaries. Clearly lay out lines that you're not going to cross. Clearly lay out lines that you're not going to cross. This is the, because let me say it like this. Self-control won't cut it. If you think like, ah, just not do that. And if you're in a situation where you can do that, self-control is not going to cut it. Feelings, emotions, situations, circumstance. Let me tell you, the sober you sitting in a church service is a way better decision maker than a 10 p.m. you alone in the car with your significant other. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, that is the reality. So if you set up boundaries now, it will help you not make bad decisions in a moment like that. And I think that comes, what we're talking about physically, but also emotionally. Can I just warn you? And let me, I'm just trying to help. This is, my goal for this series is just help, okay? Be careful texting really late at night. I'm just being blunt. Like, I'm just, oh, this is helpful. Because what happens? You get tired. Like, this isn't, you get tired, you get emotional, and you share things that you probably shouldn't share. Or you ask things that you shouldn't ask. And so, just, they're like, have a cutoff. Like, 10 o'clock, I know I get weird afterwards. <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> Set of boundaries. 
Set up boundaries. That's, and, and I say, I say text message, but that goes for everything. DM, Snapchat, whatever you use to interact. Set up FaceTime, yeah, set up boundaries in that thing, okay? How to not awaken love until it's time? Don't get physically involved. Don't get emotionally dependent. Set up boundaries. Okay, third question. You guys still with me? When, that's our third question, when should I awaken love? Okay, so we've got why. Well, because it's powerful and it's dangerous. And if you open it up too soon, it could harm you or the people involved. How do we not awaken love? Well, you set up boundaries, you don't get too emotionally or physically involved, and you make sure that you're, set, you're staying on the right direction. So the, the verse again is do not awaken love until it pleases or until the right time. So this tells us there is a right time to awaken love, right? There is a right time to awaken love. So when is it? The whole point of this text is that there is a time to awaken love. Again, it's not to not awake love. It is to awaken it at the right time. So how do I know when love is supposed to be woken up? Now, understanding that some things are not supposed to ever be woken up during dating, but there are things that happen gradually through seasons of life through circumstances through wedding vows through lives together there's things like the present from the beginning there's like some of you guys are all you're in is the open the card stage get to know each other like who is this from oh okay got it great we're hand holding if your parents are fine with it great like, I could do a whole other sermon that say, like, what do your parents say? Like, because some of these principles don't apply to any of you because your parents have said, you can't date till you're 17. And you're like, well, then that, that's, the, that's my message for you. You can't date until you're 17. But, but others of you, you're like, your parents either, either are disconnected, they, they really aren't invested in your life, um, or they've just said, like, yeah, I trust you. So then you, as a young person, have to make a decision. Okay, how do I do Some of you, are, you're just in the open the card stage. That's where you're going to stay for a long time. But there are stages. Then there comes a day where you, like, unwrap the bow. Right? And then you unwrap the present. There, there's things that happen. So how, how do we know when it is the right time to awaken love? Number one, number one, we need to make sure that our relationships are founded on the right things. They're founded on the right thing. What is your relationship built on? Okay, if you strip back all of the things that is your relationship, like we go to the beach and we text each other and we buy each other's Valentine's Day chocolate and we celebrate like six-week anniversary and we do things like that. Um, <laughs> so if you're in a relationship, I'm not trying to roast. I love you guys. Um, what is, what is your relationship built on? When you strip back all of those things, is it built on feelings, similar interests, attraction, or is it built on something solid like faith in Jesus? Because beauty fades, interests change, uh, 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 attraction comes and goes. So what is the foundation of your relationship built on? Is it faith in Jesus? In other words, we both individually have relationship with God, and that is what we're building on top of. 
building on relationship with Jesus. So is it founded on the right thing? Secondly, how do, or when do I know it's time? Are you going in the same direction? Number two, going in the same direction. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Um, have you ever seen those student driver cars? Um, and a lot of those student driver cars, actually, Florida's funny because they really don't make you work to get your driver's license. They're just like, tell us you drove for a few hours with your mom and then drive around in a parking lot and here's your license. And we're like, got it. Um, a lot of other places you actually have to like spend a lot of time with a drive instructor. You have to spend X amount of hours um, and you actually leave the parking lot to get your driver's license. It's pretty crazy. Um, anyways, but some of those uh, driver's ed cars will actually have two steering wheels. They'll have one for the, the student driver on the normal side, the left side of the car where they're driving, and then the instructor will actually have a steering wheel and a brake as well. And the goal for that is to keep the student driver from running into anything. If they need to, they can slam on the brake and turn the car. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because if they decided they wanted to go in different directions, it would probably be a funny situation, right? One person's turning the wheel this way, laying on the brake. The other person is, is stepping on the gas and turning the car this way. Like, it might get, yeah, it might split, yeah, like classic, like Flintstone style or something. Like, splits the car in half. Do you guys know what the Flintstones are? Anyways, cool. It's not like I grew up on the Flintstones. That's from like the 40s, I feel like. Anyways, um, what happens when they want to go two different directions? Well, fights and friction, right? If, if, if one car is trying to go two different directions, it's not going to end well. And that verse, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, that's what it's saying. It's a believer and a non-believer are going two different directions in life. Their purposes, their plans, their intentions, their goals, their, all of those things. A believer and a non-believer, somebody that has relationship with God and wants to please him, and somebody that either doesn't care or doesn't know, they are going in different directions, so when it comes to a relationship and somebody that, that you should invest in is are they going the same direction as you? Because you don't want to start out on a journey with them only to realize they are not interested at all where you're going. And so are you heading in the same direction? And then the third thing I would say is when do you awaken love? In God's timing. In God's timing. What I mean by that is depend on God Seek counsel, don't rush things, and allow God to make himself known to you in relationships. So make sure it's founded on the right thing. What, what, what is your, when you strip it all back, what is, the, what is the thing that your relationship is founded on? Is it feelings, fun, life? Is it word of God, plans of God, faith in God? This is what we're both about. We are both individually wanting to do what honors God. And then from that, are you going in the same direction? Man, I feel like I, feel like I want to I, I stay in Vero. I want to get a job. I want to I, I, I do this thing. I, I really want to go to college. I want to travel. I want to do this. Like, both of those things are like, they could both be walking with God, but are you going the same direction? Maybe, but it doesn't seem like it. So it's, it's a matter of, are you going the same direction? Is Jesus your aim, and is that the direction you're going in? Okay, last thing, worship team, you guys can come up here. So we asked the, 
the why, we ask the how, we ask the when. So final thing, we're asking the what. What should we do now? What should we do now? Because whether you're dating or not, what should be the focus of our lives right now? In a world that overemphasizes relationships and value based on relationships, it's easy to get too focused on who you're dating or why you aren't dating. And this is not my intention for this series at all. The goal for this series is not like practical tips on how to find a girlfriend. Um, because, because for some of you, like, that's just not what God has for you right now. So what should be my focus? Because I think I was talking with somebody on the phone today, actually, and it was pretty coincidence. He was calling me about advice about um, a kid uh, that is in a relationship and just how it's his kid. How do I navigate this? Um, and it was, he was just kind of being sarcastic, and he said one of the things about relationships is you feel like, like your friends start seeing somebody, and then your other friends start seeing somebody, and then you're like, I've got nobody else to hang out with, and so I guess I should find somebody to start seeing. And it's almost like the dating, like when you're young, is just because, like, I guess that's what we're doing now. Like, we used to, like, go to recess, and then we, like, played video games, and now I guess we find girlfriends. Like, it's just kind of like, and so because of that, because of that, that becomes like our focus. And so it's like, okay, find a girlfriend. Find a girlfriend. Find a boyfriend. That's your goal. Find a boyfriend. And that becomes our full focus. And so every, our whole, every decision we make, every place we go, every activity we participate is either find a girlfriend, keep a girlfriend. Find a boyfriend, keep a boyfriend, right? Like that's our in, intention. And can I just tell you, like, God has better things for you to be focused on. So, what should we be focused on? Well, number one, you should be focused on God. More than anything else. Now, I know this is a very Sunday school, Thursday night answer. Focus on God. Focus on Jesus. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. This is a few verses, and this applies to more than just relationships, but we're, gonna, we're talking about relationships, so that's the application. Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, don't be anxious about your life. Don't be worried. Don't be caught up. Don't be, ah, I don't know, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you put on, or about who you will date. I added that. But it's the same context. Don't, what you're going to eat, what your body looks like, who you're going to date. Is not life more than food, the body more than clothing, and your life more than dating? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon who we're talking about, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear or who shall we date? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But, all right, here we go. 
But, Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. What things? Well, your clothes, your job, your life, your relationships, his plans, your college, all of these things. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added to you. When God is your focus, he, he fills in the details. When God is your focus, he fills in the details. So focus on God. Secondly, focus on character. I'll say this in every relationship series I teach. It isn't about finding the right person, but about being the right person. There is character that God wants to develop in you through relationship with him and allow him to do that. God develops character in you through his word, through serving him, and through circumstances. God develops character in you through his word, through serving him, and through circumstances. Okay, final thing. You good? Focus on calling. God, character, calling. What is God calling you to do? You don't want to date a person that derails your calling either due to sin or compromise or due to distraction. There is a time to wake in love. It's not all at once. Trust God's timing and what he's doing in your life today. There's a time. It's not all at once. Trust God. Focus on him. Allow him to work out the details in your life.